effectively. Uh, could you put the slide up uh, on the prayer request? That statue with the uh, prayer request, I love that picture of that. That preacher standing or kneeling over this chair, believing God together. And this is what we are to do. And tonight, I'd like to talk just a little bit about what to do when your prayers seem to go unanswered. What, what to do during these times where your heart is reaching out to God, and yet the answer seems delayed. I want to read a passage from Daniel chapter 10. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, take that sword out and just put your finger there. But before I begin reading that passage, I would like your help for me the Two weeks from tomorrow, I'll go back into a maximum security prison for four days. Uh, that's the 20th, the 21st, the 22nd, and the 23rd. 23rd's ending on Sunday. We speak to about 40 inmates who probably will never get out of prison, and we share with them how to live the Christian life it's a basic course on Christianity. With you, could I ask you to help in this regard? There's going to be on the second day, Friday, we start on Thursday evening and on Friday, uh, we, there's one talk that's given uh, after the choice talk. You know, we do, men who are incarcerated realize that that make some bad choices. The second talk that Friday is on you are not alone. It's given by a clergy person. And that, that's the start of this agape that's brought out from, there's posters from, uh, we have inmates from all over the world who get together and they'll draw a little poster and they'll put, this particular Kairos is Kairos number 82, and they'll put on this poster sign little thoughts of prayer that they're praying for them in this Kairos number 82 at Union Correctional Institution, the, the maximum security prison we're going to be in. There's a prayer vigil that's going to go up on the wall, and it's 30-minute slots of time from midnight to the next day. There are 30-minute segments. Would you consider helping me by being part of that prayer vigil? Simply let me know. Write down your name and where, not your address, but like Green Cove Springs or Fleming Island, Orange Park, uh, your name would go in. I would make sure it gets up on that slot, the time period that you've selected. Remember that time period. And during that time, that 30-minute section, 30 minutes of prayer, would you please remember uh, our, our team as we're in the prison? Uh, getting back to this message now, what to do 
when your prayer seems to be delayed or go unanswered. Has anybody been there? Um, You're not the only one, okay? But I wanted to start this out by just saying, what is prayer? Can someone give me a definition? Yes. Communication with the Father. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? That was one of my points. Uh, In fact, if you would think of three words any time I speak on prayer. One is communication. Communication, prayer is, and especially an awesome thought, is realizing who you're communicating with. Um, Every, every Christian starts their Christian walk in a prayer of communication. It's an opening, an opening, a realization that we are falling short, we need salvation, and it's that door that we open up to a forgiving Lord who comes into our life and makes us his child. Is that correct? It has to start there. But that beginning is just that. It's a beginning. And I've met so many people through the years of my ministry who when you talk about how is your relationship with God, they mention this beginning that may have happened 30 years ago. And it's like nothing's happened since all this time. It's just a beginning. A prayer is the communication between God, your creator, your father, who desires you to be part of his family, and yourself. That opening of the door is just the start. And after that start, every single day of our life, you have the, not only I consider it a high privilege, but you have a choice to continue in that conversation. That conversation, I think of three words when I think of what prayer, what is the definition of prayer. Number one is, it is communication. It's a conversation, second word. And it's communion. It's, and, and especially, this seems to me so incredibly awesome. Has anyone read the two chapters in Hebrews that Pastor urged us to read about the Lamb in Hebrews, was it 9 and 10? Uh, I, I tell you what, I read that and I'm just amazed. Jesus took those Old Testament figures taken from the tabernacle and the way they worshipped and showing how Jesus fulfilled all that and it's so much of a better, a better representation of what God's trying to communicate to us. And that communication is opened up through prayer. What to do when your prayers seem to be hindered? Uh, Part of this excitement that we're feeling is our pastor is willing to step out on a limb and say what God has showed him. 
what God has revealed to, to our pastor. And our walk of faith, we get excited about these things, don't we? We see things happening at the altar every single time that we come and gather for worship. But when he makes these statements like, the long dark night is over, we were just a small group of less than 20 people. Uh, Your long dark night is over and he comes back to church the next day and there's still 20 people. Uh, Pastor said recently that what God has shown him is that God is about to do something that was seen shocking to some people. That's been a few weeks. Um, Are you waiting in expectation for that? Let me read the scripture I'm talking about because in Daniel, he's going through a very similar situation where God delayed the answer and there was a reason. There was a reason, okay? In Daniel chapter 10, the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. This is that fast of 21 days. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks or 21 days. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the tribe Tigris, I lifted up my eyes. This is what you can do. I lifted up my eyes and looked. Behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of the multitude. I want to tell you, my brothers, when you get a vision and see, when you look up and see during this delay of looking to him, it is about Jesus. He is the one you're looking for during this time of waiting. He is the one you're holding on to during this time because He will give you stability to make it through your testing time. As James would say, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And this verse up here, the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need that kind of people today in this church. I think we're cultivating this type of atmosphere. It's not just on pastor's shoulders. It's 
We're bearing this burden together. We're anticipating a move of God, and we are walking in obedience with God to help God any way we can to see the fulfillment of his ministry in this community. Because we know that there is a darkness that's all around this community that people need the light of God's love. Let me continue reading this. This is what he saw as he looked up. And I, Daniel, in verse 7, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and though they fled to hide themselves. I think this is a part where pastor is saying something is about to happen that is going to shock some people. There are some people who are not going to see this, but I think you are. You, my friend, are going to see this because we're looking for it. And in verse 8, So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. Sometimes when this vision, this prayer that seems to go unanswered, there's a loss of strength. There's, a, especially when you couple it with a time and a period of fasting and prayer, there's a sense of weakness. Can I tell you, this is good for you because it lets you know how much you depend on him, how much you need him to sustain you during this time because he is always faithful. When he said it, when he spoke it, it will happen. In verse 9, then I heard the sound of his words. Are you waiting to hear that sound? I heard the sound of his words. And I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. I've seen postures like that right here at this altar. This is, this is the holiness of God. We are dealing with God Almighty. He is an awesome God. And it's a thrill to see other people who are actually making yourself aware of his presence in this room. It's like a magnet that will draw people who are desperately hungry and hurting into this room to be with the presence of God to where they can receive a touch. In verse 9, I heard the sound of his words, and, I, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And if you had that posture, you can have that posture in your own home. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling upon my hands and knees. It's my understanding that Quakers originally got that name from that was one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When they got the Holy Spirit among them, they just started vibrating. Uh, it, it, it happened to Daniel. He's trembling on my hands and knees. And that's why I see that picture of this pastor kneeling over this chair, trembling 
before the very presence of God. In verse, in verse, um, in verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. In 11, he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for now. I have said to you, and when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. What to do when your prayers seem to go delayed or unanswered is to realize that Jesus is speaking to you. His hand is touching you, and you are. this is the time for you to stand up right even if you are trembling. I love this in verse 11. You're a man greatly loved. Do you feel that, my brother and sisters here? Do you feel this love? You are greatly loved. Loved not only by our pastor and the staff of this church, but the Holy Spirit is expressing himself all around this presence of the altar and in the pews. You are greatly loved. In that great love, there's a beginning to walk out the identity of who we are really created to be. He's created us for a very specific purpose and reason at this time in history. And he wants you, my dear ones, to fulfill your destiny, to fulfill your... This is your birthright. It is your true inheritance. And he wants you to possess this in this life. You are greatly loved. You are greatly loved. In verse 12, then he said to me, and I've underlined this in my Bible, what to do, what to do when prayer seems to be delayed. This two words is spoken many times, but I need to hear this. What are those words? Fear not. This is the charge, as Pastor spoke a little while back about, it's time we charge after the gates of hell. He is not to prevail. Jesus is triumphant. You're more than a conqueror. And we can walk in the strength of Almighty God, even when our legs are trembling, because he is an awesome God. He said, fear not, Daniel, for, and listen to this. He had been praying three weeks from the first day. This is God's speaking to Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God. Have you done this? Have you, my friend, done this? Set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God. Your words have been heard. The enemy would try to trick us in thinking, God didn't hear you. Uh, he will, he, that's why 
why he's a discourager, but he's a liar. Realize the audience you have with it is Almighty God. And Satan, all he can do is twist and lie and pervert the very words of God, the very promises of God. I refuse to accept him. I refuse to believe in the lies he presents me anymore. I choose to trust that God said it and I believe it. Your words have been heard. (laughs) And I have come because of your words. Do you realize, my friends, this is what is happening here is because of your words of praying these things, of asking God to let it happen. He has come because of your words. Then he gets in to explain a little bit in verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. Does anybody know where Persia is? Iran. Do you think that prince is still around there? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But he he gives a def he gives an explanation for this delay to Daniel. In this verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people. In the latter days, for what the vision is for the days yet to come. Exciting times are ahead of us because God is going to reveal the future. To you and I, we're going to see into the will of God in his kingdom right here. You want to be part of that? Amen, I do too. In verse 15, when he's spoken to me according to these words, I, and here, these are attitudes that we take. I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. I tell you what, when you get with God... I want to shut up. He is God. I am not. (laughs) But the awesomeness of sitting with him, sitting in his presence on a daily basis, it's not just on Sunday and Wednesdays. It's what are you doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's this continuation The 21 days weren't just Sundays and Wednesdays, were they? The 21 days were all the days that Daniel prayed and fasted and sought the will of God for things that were troubling his soul. Do we have plenty of stuff out there to trouble our souls? But Jesus is the answer. In verse 18, again, this is this appearance of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus makes this appearance of a man. He touched me and strengthened me. Hallelujah. One touch from his hand will give you strength. 
He sets my trembling knees to stand straight and firm and realize that in Christ I'm a warrior. And he can hear my roar because we are not going to sit back on the seat and let the devil take all he wants to in Clay County. We're going to begin to take the gates of hell and storm the gates of hell and bring the kingdom of God to the community around us. We're going to compel them to come in because we know, we know the reality of who he is. And he said, this is a beautiful phrase again. Oh, in verse 19, oh man, greatly loved. You see, he said this twice. Maybe you need to hear this twice too. You are greatly loved. I'll say that again. You are greatly loved. Fear not. <laughs> he said it again. Fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and I will go out. Behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is no one who contends by my sight against these except Michael, your prince. We are living in very exciting days, and we do have a choice. The choice is to believe, to be strengthened, to look up, and to see the salvation of God. What to do when your prayers seem to go unanswered? I've met people who get angry with God, who sort of blame God. Well, God, why didn't you do this? You see, most of their prayers have been all about themselves anyway. They wanted to approach God as a way of bless me, bless me, bless me. Uh, I love Joyce Myers, the robot, what about me, what about me, what about me, what about me? Uh, I can assure you, people that, go into a relationship like that if their hearts are broken and they refuse to open up to a loving God who wants to heal them, but because of the bitterness and hardness in their heart, they only get worse and worse. They deviate and fall away because they're not trusting God. They're only looking at what they can get out of it themselves. That is huge because I want to say Unforgiveness is probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks in this Christian wall. We've got to let go of bitterness and anger, whether it's directed at God or to someone else that's hurt us. But we have the choice. If you want to hold on to that anger, it, it will destroy your physical body. It has effects on your physical body. And one of the most amazing miracles I have ever witnessed in my life is having the privilege of praying with someone who's actually released that bitterness, let go of all that anger, maybe 30 years or more. I see this in prison, especially when I see it in prison. Someone who's, been, who's held a grudge for 40 
years or more, when they get there to the place, and I've had the privilege of sitting beside them in a prayer. Phil, you know what it's like. Of sitting beside them, the hard lines in their face and in their eyes dissolve instantly. It is the most amazing miracle I've ever seen in my life to see the forgiveness come upon somebody and that weight lifted up off of their shoulders. They had that choice and they finally chose to let it go. Because when you are unforgiving toward another person, you're not hurting that other person. You're hurting yourself. Another choice that you have, as I try to wrap this up now, another choice that you have is in your emotions. You know, emotional pain is just as deep. And sometimes your heart aches. And if you hold on to that pain, you've, you, the only way you can get healing is to run to the arms of Jesus and let him open those arms and hold you close to his side. I think of the lamb who made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Do you realize, as Pastor said Sunday, that point in history, that exact time, that Jesus was making his entry into the city of Jerusalem. Even the same hour, you know the hour? The hour of the day is registered. Do you know that same hour is the hour the high priest selected the lamb that was to be slain, the annual lamb that was to be slain for the sins of the nation? Jesus was the Lamb of God that God selected as he entered into Jerusalem. And it was like God saying, Behold the Lamb that will take away the sins of the world. And he will not only take away the sins, the emotional hurt and pain, instead of holding that inward, of holding it inside, of bottling it up, God releases the toxins that are inside of your heart and he heals the heart. It's an amazing God that we serve. He heals the soul. If you've, if you've held your Christian life, refusing to walk in obedience to God, you're living in a life of sin. Your soul is sick. And you, you continue to do this, it affects your spirit and your soul. The remedy is to come to the cross to come and let the Lamb of God wash away the hurt, the pain, the sickness, and follow Him in obedience. Pledge to Him to be loyal to Him. Pledge to Him. In fact, I think that's personally what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to be. When we get salvation, we get all of God. But when we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God gets all of us. Or it should be that way. It should be that way. We shouldn't have to teach you, uh, you need to obey God. That should be a desire. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that should be a desire coming right directly from your heart. I want to obey God in my life. And I want to thank you for letting me share with you these things that might help you to understand when what to do when your prayers, and I, I, I want to emphasize this, seem 
could go unanswered. Because it's God's from the first day. From the first day he hears your prayer. And it's you, if you hold on to the reality of the truth, God wants you to develop character in you. He wants you to develop trust in him of, of, of seeing, do you love me? Do you? Because when there's no evidence, I still want to love you. Uh, in Habakkuk, when there's a passage, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but he basically said, though I lose everything, I'm still going to praise him. I sing the reality of what he does. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back there. Do you? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for these people tonight, on this Wednesday night. 